Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I am Justin, and it is a new year, and we are honored to be here together with you. Thank you for taking time out of your day and tuning in. Listen, if we have encouraged you or blessed you or strengthened you in in any way, help us get this podcast to somebody else. You are a huge catalyst in making that possible, friends, and we thank you in advance for sharing this uh, with somebody you think would be blessed by it. All right, let's jump back into a thought that we started last week. And it's a similar theme as the uh, first couple podcasts we did at the beginning of the month. But we're talking about putting the word first, but then we dove into looking at the agency that's in the word. So we're going to pick up on that. If you're new to us right now, and you're just now listening to me, you might want to go back and listen to last week's podcast, because that's where we started this thought. But here's what we discovered. Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29. We see this right here. There's other places we can see it, but here's one of the um, uh, most vivid places where you see the agency in the word of God, the agency of the word. Now I'm calling it agency, but the word is living. The Bible says, in fact, we know that it became flesh, but before it was flesh, it was in the beginning with God. And, uh, and it was God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It took upon flesh because the word always takes upon flesh. That's what it's designed to do. I know people struggle with that. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. But that's what the word is designed to do. He upholds all things by the word of his power, Hebrew 1 says. Or we could say all of his power is in his word. He even exalted his word above his name. Listen, the Bible says that he, referring to Jesus, but he was the word made flesh, has preeminence in all things. The word is supposed to come first. Again, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Listen, friends, I think you can see it right there. The word is to be first always. Why? Because of the agency that's in it. It's living. It is active. It is powerful. The Bible says it's a two-edged sword even, and it's able to separate that which is spirit from that which is soulish. We talked a little bit about that in the last podcast, but here's what the word does is the word was designed to take upon itself flesh. And was it John 1, 3 or John 1, 4? It talks about in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it says that there was nothing made that was made without it. Meaning before there's a thing, there's a word. The word always comes first. Again, because the word is designed to take upon itself flesh or substance. All right. Um, so in the last podcast, we were talking about the agency. And right here, uh, if you got your Bible, Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29, you're going to see something. He says the kingdom is as if a man. Okay, that's lowercase man there. This is our part. We're to get the word in front of us. In fact, Proverbs, he says, man, listen to my uh, words, my son. Attend to my words. In fact, he was talking about if I give you any kind of counsel or wisdom, it, it would be this. Hide those words. Hide my words. This is the Father speaking to us. Hide my words in your heart. David said, I hide them in my heart that I might not sin. But there's other things that that word does when you hide it in your heart. It, it will help you. Um, 
It will keep you from sinning because it will produce a harvest or an abundance of revelation or righteousness on the inside of you. Righteousness is the right way of living, being, and doing. Here's what it says. This is the kingdom as is a man, you or I, or it could refer to women here too. Let's not get weird, folks. It's as if a man, but the point is you have a part to do, should scatter seed on the ground. That's getting into the word. You could read it, listen to it, but the Bible says put it in your ears, put it in your eyes, okay? Then he said, and should sleep by night and rise by day. So you're just going to get into the word. You're going to go about your business. Something's happening. Something supernatural is happening. And he says, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Again, we talked about this in the last podcast. You can catch up. I'm just recapping quickly here. But uh, what that's saying is you're just going to get into the word. You're going to make it less about reading and more about feeding. Or we could add this thought, more about sowing. People say, well, I don't get into the Bible because I don't understand what I read. Well, the understanding doesn't come first, friend. And let me say something. Okay, listen, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about myself because I'd be including myself in this, but I'm saying it's a strategy of the devil uh, because he thinks you're that stupid to think that, well, I don't need to read it because I don't understand it. Even the devil knows that understanding is a byproduct of the word working in you. So you don't approach the word necessarily with understanding first. As you get into that word and you allow that word to speak to you and minister to you, then the understanding will come. Hallelujah. Listen, don't allow the enemy to make fun of you like that anymore. Like, don't allow the enemy to call you stupid anymore. That's a strategy of the enemy, and it has worked on so many people. You need to repent of even thinking that was true and cast that devil out. Come on, shut him out, shut him up, shut him out, shut him off, cut him off and get back into the word. Listen, it's less about reading, more about feeding. Again, we've been saying, according to 1 Peter, that it says as newborn babies or as newborn spirits. Now, if you're not born again, friends, um, you're not going to have all the benefit of what I'm talking about. But I'm assuming many of you are born again. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not delay, accept Jesus today. The Bible says anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Just call upon him right now. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I yield. I surrender. Take my life and do something significant with it. I am yours to command, and I receive now. I receive now the Spirit Cause me to be born again. Call on him, friends. Don't delay. You are not guaranteed tomorrow, my friend. You do not want to die, leave this earth, before you get born again. You will not go to heaven. You will go to hell. Hallelujah. You have to have that life before you leave this world. Hallelujah. And that's why we call upon Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the what? And the life. Hallelujah. All right, so Peter says, when you're born again, then you are a newborn spirit. I think the King James uses the word baby, but you are a brand new spirit. You're a born again spirit. Then he goes on to say, the Holy Spirit was revealing this to Peter, how things work in the spirit. Newborn spirits need the milk of the word in order to what? In order to grow. 
that's the agency. There's something within, like uh, naturally speaking, uh, there's something within the food that we eat. Our bodies and food know exactly what to do when they get together. Uh, we don't fully understand how you eat a cheeseburger and it breaks down the lettuce, tomato, the onion, the beef, the bread, how it breaks down in our bellies and then gets all the nutrients and the energy and everything to all the different parts of our body, but that doesn't stop us from eating, does it? So understanding of how that process works doesn't keep you from eating. Same thing with the Bible. You don't understand how a brown cow eats green grass and produces white milk, but you still drink it, don't you? The word. So you need the word. Actually, First uh, Peter one twenty three says that we're born of the word. If you're born again, you're born of the word. Therefore, you need the word in order to grow. So it's less about reading. Don't let the devil trip you up any more because you believe that he's calling you stupid. Cut that out. Shut that out. Cut that off, friends. You are not stupid. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. How do you get that unction to increase in measure? By getting into the Word, friends. The Word becomes unto you wisdom and counsel. Remember, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom and counsel. So you get into that word. You put that word in your eyes. You put it in your ears. You get it going. You listen to it. You read it. Again, I know I'm repeating my, myself, but I'm, I'm telling you, people have come to believe that it is okay to not get into it, to not read it because you don't understand it. Who told you that? So we've exposed that strategy. So you're going to get into it and you're going to read it and you may not have any understanding, but this is what Mark 4 is saying. You're going to sow that word. You sow it by reading. You sow it by listening. You're going to sow that word and you're going to go to sleep tonight and you're not going to be all worried about what you don't understand. You're going to cast the care of that. You're going to humble yourself under his mighty hand, casting the whole of your cares over onto him, and he's going to exalt you and lift you up in due season, in due time. So you're going to go to bed one night. You're going to wake up the next day. You're going to feed some more. You're going to read and feed and sow and listen and hear and meditate some more and then go about your business. Then you're going to go to sleep the next night. This is what he's saying. He himself does not know how is what, what that verse says. It's not that he doesn't know how. It's just that he doesn't have any responsibility for this next part. What's the next part? It says this. Uh, what verse was that? That is uh, verse 27. Sleep by night, rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, or he does not have responsibility over what? The seed sprouting and growing. You have no control over that. That's not your agency. That's the agency of the word. Your life isn't in that. It, his life is in that seed. He is the seed, friends. And if you'll put him in your heart, if that word will abide in your heart, then it goes on to say that the earth will yield crop by itself. Watch this. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. Verse 29, watch this. But when the grain ripens, or when the seed begins to mature, guess what happens? Immediately, the man, so the man's back now. Remember, he was just going to bed at night, rising up the next day, going, going about his business. 
something's going on on the inside of them. Now, though, now suddenly there's a harvest that has come to the word. So what's going to happen is the man's back now, and now something is lighting up on the inside of him. Something is being illuminated. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, direction, healing, prosperity, protection, um, whatever you need, whatever that concerns you has been being perfected on the inside of you because that word is producing. Now it's, now it's coming up. Now you can put the sickle in. Now when you go to pray and say, Father, I, I thank you for wisdom and counsel. There's a situation, Lord, that I need some direction in. So I'm going to sow that word. Well, suddenly, at some point, maybe after many days, I don't know, maybe after a few minutes, maybe, maybe after a week, I don't know how long, doesn't matter, but that word's working in us. But suddenly, you're going to go back, and now guess what lights upon your mind? The answer, the direction, the counsel, the wisdom, the insight, the understanding, the witty invention, the whatever, it has now come. It is produced, and now you can reach in. And if you'll acknowledge that word, then you can reach in there and pull the fruit of what has just transpired, what has uh, been growing on the inside. You can reach in, you can grab that fruit, and you can partake of that fruit. The partaking of that fruit is literally the answer that you need to give so-and-so. It's literally the next steps that you need to take. It's, it's the decision that needed to be made. You didn't have the answer before, but you've you waited before the Lord. You waited before the word. You let the word minister to you. The fruit of that is now the exact um, words, actions, steps, the amounts, the whatever that you need to go forward in him. Again, this passage here, oh, I love it. It's probably one of the most vivid pictures of this agency of the seed of the word. Again, this part right here where it says he himself does not know how it's that the man is not responsible for the seed itself to respond to the soil. That's not your responsibility. You have no control over the seed responding to your heart. That's God's responsibility. Again, there is the seed of the word has its own agency. Your part is to get the word in you. Its part is to respond to your heart and begin to grow. The seeds part is to respond to the soil and then yield to its design to produce. Oh, I love that. Let me read this uh, phrase one, one more time that he himself does not know how. That was verse 27, the end of verse 27. What this is saying is that the man, you and I, is, is not responsible. We are not responsible for the seed itself to respond to the soil. Our burden is to sow the seed and keep it in the ground. The burden of production is within the seed or upon the seed. Now, listen, God wants to work with you. Um, he's the vine dresser. He's the husbandman. He's the cultivator. He's the one that has the contract with this oikos. Okay, He's the one that's been uh, covenanted together with this um, uh, household, this oikos, you, your heart. And uh, the burden is on him to make that seed produce in you. But I'm telling you, he wants to. We're yielding to that process, but he wants to, friends. Now, um, earlier in this same passage, it says that the earth yields crops of itself. 
again, your heart was specifically designed to work with the seed of the word. Your heart yields of itself, or we could say out of the abundance of the heart, or with the heart, one believes unto. You understand? God knew what he was doing when he designed your heart to cooperate with the seed of his words. You can um, study more into this. I already mentioned it, but you can study more into this by looking at God as the vine dresser or the husbandman. Again, he's the one who is working on the plan for what he wants to cultivate in you. And when you produce fruit, we found this out in John, when you produce fruit, it confirms or testifies that you're his disciple, but then it also gives him glory. All right, so ultimately the father is the one responsible for what types of seed he's sowing into your heart. Of course, you can go to him and you can say, Father, I need wisdom concerning, you know, one, two, three, A, B, C. And guess what he does? He puts the word. He'll show you where in his word. He's the one sowing the seed of his word. And that seed is destined to produce the harvest of understanding of whatever you need. So again, it goes back to the father to make sure that that seed actually does what it's intended to do. But we found out another place that God's word doesn't return to him void. Nothing he does is idle. If he sows the seed in your heart, it will produce what it was intended or called or destined or purposed to become. Every seed is called before it's sown. Okay. But if you'll keep it in your heart, it will produce. Now you can um, not tend to the soil of, of your heart or you could pluck it up before it's time. A lot of people do that. Uh, I think they do that because they get antsy. They do that because they get in fear. They do that because they get worried. They do that because doubt. Something's competing with that space of your heart where that seed's working and you believe in the competition more than you do in his word. And so you uproot one thing to sow another one. But that would be foolish, friends. Don't do that. But I'm saying this is a part of kind of the reality that you and I are facing is spirit beings that have been sown in a fallen natural world. There's a lot of competition out here for the uh, soil of our heart. Uh, and ultimately, it's words. Words are being sown. Somebody says something to you, um, you know, and it's like, man, if you don't kind of filter through what you're hearing, remember the Bible says in Mark 4, be watchful, be careful what you're hearing. Why? Because if you let that word if you let the seed of that word get into your heart, it's going to produce a harvest. And if you're listening to all this trash from people, lies, but you are allowing those lies to be sown into your heart, guess what's going to come up in a day or a week or a month or a year? You're going to produce, you're, you're going to have a full-blown harvest of those negative words. The, that, uh, and that one word will become a whole sentence. You know what I mean? If you let one word in, in your heart, it's going gonna, it's gonna to write a book and you're going to be living your life out of this fantasy because somebody said something to you that you took as truth and allowed to produce in your heart. I think you can take what I'm saying and apply it to a lot of areas, friends. Some of y'all need some um, weeding. You need to do some weeding this year. You need to pull out some of these thorn bushes. You need to pull out some of this... Uh, um, tears that have been sown into your heart 
And yeah, whoever said those stupid things shouldn't do that. But really, the way God said, set this up is you're not a victim. You're not held in bondage by what somebody says because you have the opportunity to pluck it up and to sow something different. So this is why you would say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, but I took it as truth and I allowed it to produce in me. And I'm going to stop that now. I see now where this is not producing life. It's producing death, depression, depravity, sin. Maybe it's producing lust. Maybe it's producing poverty because I have this way of thinking that is keeping me limited and bound. And so if you compare that to the seed of his word, you say, wait a second, uh, these aren't compatible in the same garden here. I'm going to have to pluck one up to sow another one. Listen, you, you cannot sow God's word on healing and at the t- same time sow death, uh, you know, tragic death via whatever, and think that these two uh, uh, plants, these two, I'm trying to think of a word here, but that these two concepts uh, work together in the same garden. You cannot have them in the same garden. One of them is going to overtake the other. And if you keep sowing weeds and tares and lies and doubts, and you don't keep the word coming into your heart, all those weeds and tares and doubts and lies and deception, it will overtake the garden of your heart. And soon you'll just be a mess. You'll be a total wreck. But if you'll start sowing that word, that word will begin to choke out these other things. You have to make a decision, friends. You can't live your life just uh, giving your heart to who, whoever wants to sow a bunch of trash in there. You're going to have to take responsibility for your person and your heart. Out of the heart, remember this? Out of the heart flow, Proverbs says, out of the heart flow the issues of life. You're going to have to uh, awaken to your responsibility to guard your heart. Remember, that's what he said. He said, guard your heart above all things. Well, why would you do that? Because out of there flow all the issues of life. And I'm telling you, it's quite a battle. Uh, it's quite a battle. There's a real, uh, you know, people talk about spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, you know. This cloud-shaped demon is hovering over the city, you know. Okay, whatever. But the real warfare is what's going into your heart. That is the real spiritual warfare. I'm telling you, the devil is after your ear. He's after your your eyes. He's after your gateways so that he can get to your heart. You, uh, let me say it like this. Your heart is your spirit, and it is within this physical body. This body has gateways. All these gateways, your senses, they utilize the soul to help process what's going on naturally and what's going on spiritually. But you are not a body and you are not a mind. You are not an emotion. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. The body has the gateways and it's taking information in. Your spirit man has senses. It's taking in uh, information. And then your soul's kind of like this middle place where all this data is processed so that a decision or an action can be agreed upon and followed through with. I'm telling you, the devil is after your gateways naturally. 
He's the God of this world, natural. He's not the God of the spiritual realm. He's the God of the natural realm. And he's after putting all these things in front of you, your eyes, your ears. And this is why the word has been sown into this world. Jesus took upon flesh, friends. He got that word in the dimension you're most aware of. And if you don't keep it in front of you, the devil's going to sow all kinds of other words or concepts into your heart. And you'll just become another robot. You'll just become another slave to him unless you say, wait a second, I'm going to take responsibility for what's happening inside my heart here. I'm just not going to be vulnerable to, to the devil. I'm going to be vulnerable to the word. Vulnerability allows the sower, whichever one, to sow into your heart. If you're vulnerable to the devil, you're just giving him instant access to your heart. If you're vulnerable to the Lord, you're giving him instant access for that word to be sown into your heart. Uh, and this is if you're vulnerable to, any, to anybody, they will take advantage of that vulnerability. And if they're uh, sons of the devil, then they're going to say something, do something that's going to hurt you. But if you take responsibility for your heart, you're more aware. You're careful what you're hearing. You're watchful what you're seeing. You have responsibility. You've taken responsibility for what's happening inside my heart. And so I am more discerning. I, uh, in this sense, critical thinking. I'm, I'm a little more not critical as in like negative or nasty, but I'm, I'm processing more responsibly what I'm listening to, what I'm hearing. Listen, I know people, bless them, Lord, bless them, that just don't take any responsibility at all. And then you you look at their life and you go, have you ever wondered why your life is in the shambles that it's in? It's because you've not taken any responsibility for what's being sown in your heart. The Bible says, out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever taken inventory of what you're saying? Have you ever listened to what you are saying? And have you ever wondered, does this make me a fool or does this make me wise? Am I orchestrating my life in the appropriate direction or is all of my thinking and my imagination and my words and my actions, are they destroying me? You might think about that. We're at the head of the year. These are things that might be of interest for you to take an inventory on. And if you listen to yourself over, over a period of time, then you'll find out what's in your heart because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Maybe you don't even know what's in there. Maybe you don't know how, how, how affected you have been because of that tragedy last year or the year before or five years ago or when you were a child. If you'll take an inventory of what you're saying, if you'll slow down a little bit and ponder, what am I really thinking about? Or if you'll take an inventory of how you respond to people, then you can find out what has been sown in my heart. Now, you may not realize that you've been taken captive, that you were hijacked, that your heart was hijacked. Like 10 years ago, you had a great future, but suddenly you let something come in and hijack you. And now these last 10 years, you've been living in all kinds of depression, anxiety, fears. You're paranoid about everything and everyone. Like there's a there's a cause and effect, friends. There's a reason why, and it all has to do with what's in your heart. Now, you may not have cognitively 
sown that in your heart. But if you don't pluck up something that the devil put in there, now I'm not saying that he did it. Um, uh, you know, the Bible talks about, let me say it like this. I was thinking about how to phrase this. The Bible talks about that in the night, an enemy came and sown tares among the wheat. I'm, I'm telling you, friends, that's how the enemy does it. He does it under the, quote, cover of night, meaning he does it. Um, thank you. Hallelujah. I'm trying to think of how to say this, uh, how to phrase this, <laughs> say his phrase. Um, there's this, uh, the Bible talks about the power of darkness. Okay. What is the power of darkness? The power of darkness is the attempted ability to hide a thing in plain sight. This is the work of witchcraft. This is deception. Now, it's smoke and mirrors. The devil cannot do anything to you that at some point you do not, uh, that, uh, uh, well, Shondai, let me rephrase that. The devil cannot do anything to you you don't agree with. But how he conjures up and pitches an idea to you is where the cunningness and the deception lies. This is the power of darkness. So what I'm saying is you agreed with something at some point, but here is the amazing thing is once you come to the awareness that this is not right, this is not good. This is not from the father above. This is something of darkness right there. Friends, you can lay hold onto that deception, that lie, that trickery, that deceit, and you can uproot it out of your life and out of your heart and replant the truth that would be the opposing truth, the actual truth of that situation. Maybe it's forgiveness. Um, maybe it's a change of mind in a particular area. The light of the word will give you that where you can now uproot that thing of darkness and produce the thing of light or righteousness on the inside of you. And you can make some course correction friends. Okay. I'm about out of time, but I want to wrap all this up by saying that's the agency of the word. That's the supernatural thing that's in that word. That word's going to help you, friends. And listen, maybe you don't know what to do right now. Well, if you'll sow that word in your heart in due time, in short order, wisdom will light up on your mind. You will know what to do. Now, let me leave you with this thought here. What you want to be watchful for um, and I don't know if you're watching me now. If you're watching me, then you can see um, what I'm doing because it helps to uh, do the uh, something visible as well. But um, <clears throat> your spirit, man, is within. And so if you're listening to me now, you can put your hands on your belly. All right. Your spirit, man, is not in your stomach. Your spirit, man, fills all in all. But the Bible talks about in the innermost part. In fact, the King James uses this idea of the bowels. Okay, where are your bowels? Where's your stomach, your intestines, all your critical organs? It's right in the center mass. Your spirit, man, is the center mass of you. It, 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 now, again, you fill all in all, uh, okay? Your spirit looks like you, uh, okay? But if you'll put your hands on your belly right there. Now, I have a practice or a habit. And sometimes when I'm praying, I'll realize that I've got my hand or both of my hands on my belly or my stomach. 
And it's because what I'm doing is I'm naturally, I'm focusing myself that out of my spirit is going to come the answer. Now, what will happen is if you've got your hands on your belly, if you'll take one of your hands and kind of follow your esophagus up over, over your mouth and onto your head or on top of your head. Now, if you're watching me, you can see this, but if you're listening to me, you'll just have to use your imagination here. But out of your belly or out of your spirit will flow. It'll come up. It'll come up and it'll light up on your mind. So I keep my hand right here many, many times, not all the time, but many times because I'm focusing on that the answer is going to come up out of my spirit and it's going to light up on my mind. It's like it comes up, up, up out of my stomach, kind of. has nothing to do with your stomach. Okay, okay, but from my innermost being, it's going to come up. It's going to light on my mind. Suddenly, something from down here within is going to light up on my mind. And it seems like, if I could use natural language, it seems like or feels like it comes up out of my belly and suddenly I have this thought or this answer or this wisdom that I didn't have in my mind before, but it came from somewhere. Where did it come from? Came from my spirit, came from my belly. Okay, up out of my belly shall flow. Up out of my heart shall flow. Up out of my heart, my mouth shall speak. Up out of my heart, my mind shall think. Okay, now that's what you wanna focus on. What you wanna be aware of and be cautious about Okay. Now, if you're watching me, you can see me, but if, but if, but if you're listening to me, so now you're going to take your hands off your belly and you're going to stick them out to the side of you. So I'm stretching my arms out to the left and right of me as far as I can. What you want to be aware of is stuff lighting up on your mind from out here. Again, if you're watching me, things out here that light up on my mind, these are fiery darts. Remember that passage? This is how the devil works. He's not in your spirit. He's not in you. He's outside of you, okay? Now, if you're possessed, that's something else, but but that's, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what you want to be aware of is outside here. These are other voices. These are things outside of you. Remember, the Bible says that he dwells in the temple of our heart. So the spirit of wisdom and counsel is within. It's not without. It's, it's within. It's not without, it's within. Now, somebody can tell you something and it'll, you'll have a witness that that's the spirit of the Lord in somebody else speaking to you. But I'm talking about how you are going to determine or, or uh, come to the conclusion that you're being led. You're going to get in that word, that word sown in you, it's sown in your heart. Then out of your belly or out of your spirit, man, will light upon the fruit or the harvest of that word, giving you understanding, wisdom, counsel, answers, directions, et cetera or healing is even going to flow from within, et cetera. All right, so uh, again, what you'll be aware of is what's out here. Again, if you're just listening to me, you can put your hands, stretch out as far as you can to the left, to the right. You can even point to the far left, to the far right. These are outside voices. These are outside factors. These are outside things, and they're trying to speak to you. Where are they targeting? They're targeting your mind because the mind's the decisions, the command and control center. That's where the impulse is going to be to uh, actually say a thing or to act upon a thing. It's where your will resides. So you got outside influences trying to get to your will or to your mind. You want to be aware of those things when they light up. 
Now, sometimes as I'm praying over a situation or I'm thinking about a situation, I'll say, where, where did that thought come from? Again, it seems like, are you working with me? It feels like, if we could say that, if we might could say that, it seems like or it feels like it comes from outside. Those are the things that I do not want to follow. I got to be really cautious. I really have to discern. I really have to make a distinction, differentiate between those things that are coming from outside into my mind and the things coming up out of my spirit to my mind. What I, what I want to do, what I know I can trust is that which is lighting upon my mind from my innermost man. All right. I'm out of time with that. I hope that helps you friends. Listen, we're talking about the agency of the word. Put that word first. Put that word first. Get that word in you. And I'm telling you, it's living. It's powerful. It's going to force with it. It's mighty. And it's going to produce something on the inside of you. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a great time with you. I'm honored to spend this next year with you, friends. I hope you invite some of your friends to tag along with us. It's going to be fascinating as we dig into the strategies that are embedded in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Listen, you know how it works. If you need prayer, you can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. One of our prayer partners will call you right back. Or you can send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv, or go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer. Listen, I'm out of time, but it's been awesome. Listen, I love you. I got to go or I keep talking. Praise God. Hallelujah. Until next time, my friends, be blessed.